Yo, 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 what's going on, man? It's your boy Rick Taylor back with another episode of that Rick Taylor podcast. And today I'm here with a special guest, man, my boy Tommy G, man. How you doing? Milwaukee represent, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, um, welcome to the platform and on the podcast, first and foremost. Uh, you're welcome. And um, pretty much here on the um, podcast, Rick Taylor podcast, we like to let the fans know who you is. And like we like to bring on different people from different walks of life. I hope you're a blogger, content creator, rapper, producer, scripter, whatever you do, this is a platform for you. And we like to let people come up here and tell their stories. Mm-hmm. And give game to the people and advice and stuff like that and promote their business and stuff like that and their crafts. And um <clears throat> so um I wanna kick it off with um uh we we know you Tommy G like who are you and what you do? I am a guy that makes some of the craziest documentaries on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um but I am also I I'm a guy that I love working out. I'm a jujitsu guy. I, I've wrestled since I was ten years old. I've done a cage fight. Um, and that's a big part of my outlet. Like that's how I feel good every day. Is when I get go to the gym and I sweat. That's where I feel good. That's yeah. where I feel complete and and whole. And then I am a guy that reads. I'm a guy that walks in the in the woods. I like my peace and quiet. But then I yeah. also like putting myself in situations that are like, holy shit, you know what's yeah. going on right now. And so yeah. it's just a it's the yin and yang in life, you know. Right. That's interesting, man. Um, you got a lot of things going on. Like you know, you're an interesting person. You like jujitsu. You got properties and stuff like that. And you do YouTube. What got you into um well before we get into that mm-hmm. No no let me just just chime in. What what got you into doing a YouTube and just going around, you know, filming in these areas and stuff like that? Because it can be kind of dangerous and stuff like what kind of got you into that? It, it was really my first ever job that I got. So I, I graduated from college. I had mm-hmm. no idea what I wanted to do. I wanted to apply to different journalist jobs and like Vice Media. I wanted them to send, hey, send me to Columbia, send me to Sierra Leone. I'll go yeah. there. But I didn't have any credentials, any background. And yeah. so I got a sales job in Milwaukee. And the the zip codes they assigned me, uh, we're in them right, one of them right now, but we're, it was like 53206, 212, 218, uh, some of the brown deer pockets. And so. That's how I got to learn Milwaukee. That was my first taste into Milwaukee. And so that's where I got comfortable because I don't come from a background where it's like, you know, there's guys just toting on the sidewalk and it's crazy and it's and it's wild. And so that's what got me um, like going down Atkinson, down the street, you know, yeah. where it's like it gets really, really hot in the summer. You know, you just you, you learn from those experiences. Then I did prank videos for a long time. Yeah. My goal is to try and make people laugh. My goal is trying to because I, I feel like a lot of people are having tough lives right now like life is not easy right it's never been easy but also we're going through a weird stage of a country where we're trying to figure ourselves out and a lot of people are struggling and so like if i could have a 10 minute video that would make somebody laugh to me that was like a, a beautiful thing yeah. to be able to, to yeah. do and i i very much enjoyed it but and then i made my transition into the documentary world and there's an endless amount of people that i'm interested in fascinated by and like for instance we just got back from new york and the five ideas we hit we we hit uh we were underground tunnel uh doing graffiti and then the you know the new york fire department burst in and we had to get out of there and then we came came back and finished the piece uh we celebrated a jewish holiday where even rabbis are drunk in the street and you know they're Mm. they're reading the scrolls and they're doing all of that and then we went to the bronx and filmed with some drill rappers so we get flavors of all sorts of different types of lives and basically my goal is to go into a community that most people maybe don't have access to or that maybe it's hard to get into and whether it's dangerous or it's interesting or it's funny, try and bring people the story and just share 
let people share their story. That's right. really what my platform is. Let people share their story. Right, and that's dope. Um, because you're doing a lot of numbers on um, on, on YouTube, man. Like, got a lot of content, a lot of hundred thousand subscribers and views and stuff like that. That's dope. That's hard to do, you know. Um, it took a lot of persistence. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I can tell. Yeah. Um, how long you been doing it? Almost, I would say, almost five years now, and really only in the last eight months was. You know, was I really making a wave? And I was about to quit before the the, the Keyboy documentary dropped, the Strip Club documentary, all these little documentaries that I did. Once I made the transition to documentaries, things just shot off. But before that, it was like, whew, like I'm spending more than I'm making on this platform. Yeah. Like my cameraman, my editing, all this and that. Like I don't know how long I can do this and, and it doesn't work out. And then all of a sudden, like my path was kind of, revealed and i just i put my foot on the gas man like we just got back from new york we leave to phoenix next week i go to detroit after a day after i get back from that and then we're doing a little piece in milwaukee then so we're just bouncing around man and i'm i'm this this opportunity doesn't come often in a lifetime you're lucky if it even comes once so i'm taking full advantage and, and hustling and my team is in position and we're we're excited and ready right man that's crazy i know you because you go around a lot and you see a lot of different things a lot of like different communities and mm-hmm. different people like from different walks of life and different like you know occupations um let, let's let me go back a little deeper and further uh where was you born and raised i was born in crystal lake illinois Oh, okay. which if you like Applebee's or Chili's or it's just a basic suburban it was a, it, it was built while I was there and then it expanded to maybe 60,000 people and it just mm-hmm. it's the suburbs you know and um, in Illinois and so like I think I was always interested in I, I was always bored by the suburbs I was always like Applebee's is bullshit you know you want you want the flavor you want to you want the right. um, the flavor of the city like uh, where you can go get Afghani food, and then you can go get African food, and then yeah. you can go get French food, like, and then in the same way with culture, like I feel like suburban culture isn't very developed. It's just you know it's big box America, yeah. and there's not a lot of uh, not a lot of intrigue to me. So like when I had the opportunity to first start exploring, like the first thing I really ever did was I lived with a tribe in the jungle of Ecuador for a couple of weeks and I was drinking spit and I was shooting wow. the blow guns to that's how they kill animals with poison darts. So like any opportunity I've had to go somewhere that's totally unlike where I grew up, I'm like, yeah, let's go. Damn, that's crazy. Like you had a journey, bro. Like mm-hmm. you've been so many places, bro. What was what was that like? Like being over there doing all that stuff. <sighs> So I would say one is it was remarkable how hospitable people were. Like people were not, it's not like no one was balling in the jungle. Like if you were balling, that means that your hut had two stories to it, but it was dirt floor huts and your, you know, it was a tough life, but they preferred that. Like they, a lot of those people had the access to go into the city, but they preferred the jungle life because it was more peaceful. They got to just march to the beat of their own drum. There was no interference from the police or the government. And they felt very happy. And it also was a community. Like, we forget that for most of human history, it was small little villages and tribes of people where everyone knows each other. You know, I can watch your kids, you can watch mine. And now we live in this huge world where we're lonelier than ever, but we're more on top of each other than ever. It's a weird paradox that that we're seeing. But um, the overall jungle experience was just... What it taught me was you can go anywhere in the world with a smile and good intentions and, and willing to carry your own weight. Like on the community work days where we're digging up sand to make a sidewalk or we, we're going to the vegetable garden and, and pulling out roots. Like I was there too and sweating and feeling like I was going to die in the hot sun. But 
you know, as long as you're willing to, to carry your own weight and be have good intentions with people, you can go anywhere. Oh, yeah. You know? That's exactly how it is. You got to um, have those good intentions, you know. <clears throat> now, um, what was your childhood like growing up? Like, and also, like, when did you move to Milwaukee? So, my childhood was, was really good. I had uh, two wonderful parents. My pop worked really hard and provided for a good life for us. And um, so, I need, like, opportunity. It wasn't like I got a... You know, it wasn't with, oh, you get a Mercedes when you turn 16. It wasn't like a spoiled little bitch type of a childhood. But yeah. it was, a, if you have, if hey, you want to go to football practice, we're going to get you there. If you if you want to go to wrestling practice, if you want to go to a tournament, we're going to get you there. So they were really good about getting our foot in the door for trying new things. And, and they didn't put us into a box. That's one thing I really respect about my parents is, like, you know, like if I grew up a wrestler, I want my son to be a wrestler. But you have to be careful not to push too hard because they have to have their own interests and desire right. on their journey. And they never – they encouraged whatever I went after, but they didn't, like, try and put me into a box. They let me try and develop into who I was. And so um, very supportive, very loving environment, very competitive too because I was a, a triplet. And I was wow. the dumbest of the three. Really, I was. And, wow, you, you got know, two brothers. You look, wow, that's good. Yeah. And they they would just kill me in school. Like they were so much, uh, especially school smart, school, uh, smarter in school than me. And so it was a competitive thing too. Where like they were bringing home A's and I was bringing home B's, but I wanted to bring home the A's. But you know, right. God can't bless you everywhere. You know, right? Man, that's crazy. Like it's three three Tommy D's lookalikes. You know, mm-hmm. what I'm saying triplets. I got um, some cousins as triplets as well. Um, how was that like? I know it's like, was y'all always like hard to tell apart? or it was We like, look completely different from each other. Okay. You you look at uh, the three of us in a, in a lineup and we, you know, maybe you think me and my sister look a little bit alike. Me and my brother look far away from each other. So um, you never would, it would never be tell. difficult to tell us apart. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> now, um, you told us what you do and stuff like that but um who as who is tommy g as a person Hmm. tommy g is a person who is trying to seek the truth i think we live in a world where the truth is very hard to find Mm -hmm. i'm a guy that's also curious about almost everything uh like i'm always reading books about you know right now i'm reading about how america was really uh fucking up latin america like how we would basically try and put all these puppet governments into panama and guatemala and mexico and just try and like the cia was out of control and probably and it still is but you know you find these things out after the fact but um i'm like there's an endless amount of directions i'm curious about and so i'm always just trying to explore the world and i want to die an old man that like man like there's no regrets there's nothing that was left on the table was like he went after a dude you, you figured things out, you learned, you observed, you met people, you had connections with people, you loved, you laughed, and um, that's really what I want to strive to be, is have my, fill the, the storybook of life, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> and um, you definitely seem like somebody to me that's ambitious, and like, am, got ambition, <clears throat> and you um, go out and get what you want, and you just like, do things with, like with no fear, you don't let fear get in the way. Mm-hmm. Because it's a lot of people who probably wanted to do what you wanted, what you was doing, what you're doing now, mm-hmm. But they probably like, now. Nah, I don't think this is the best interest for me. I'm kind of nervous. I don't want this to happen, that to happen. When you like, you know, I'm just going for it because you know you saying my intentions is good and all that. What happens happens. This is what I want to do. Um, was you always like that, or did you build that up, or did, like what what sparked that? Is like it's like out of 
was it desperation or was it something mm. you trying to feel like do something and make your mark or was it just always something you want to do i feel like i've always been fiercely ambitious and it always was usually manifested in the in the wrestling world like i was one of those grinders like always like hey i want to do the most push-ups out of anybody in the room i want to be the guy that can you know do the most on the stairmaster of, of anybody in the room so i always wanted to just push myself and and be competitive but i think like when it comes to what i'm doing now is i've worked the standard jobs and i feel like sometimes i'm gonna, like i've worked corporate jobs and yeah. i feel like i want to jump off a cliff dude like i just don't have any meaning or purpose when i had those jobs so to me the alternative of not trying this and not going after this the alternative to that to me was getting stuck in something that i just hated yeah. and never being able to <clears throat> truly express myself and so like yeah you know i put myself in some risky situations and i've i'm willing to have spent years not being successful on the platform to finally get the success like i was willing to put all, all of that sacrifice in because the alternative of failing and just going settling back to a job that i couldn't stand was way more scary than anything else i was doing yeah um that's deep i, I definitely know what, what you mean by that a lot of us have like been in positions where we like hate this or didn't like this type of um job or something we wanted to go after something so i'm like you know that's why i started my podcast when mm -hmm. i want to go after something that i really truly like and plus we all have something to say we all have something that we want to express and some yeah. people express it through a podcast other people express it through a mirror on the wall but i feel like that's just part of being a human is fighting and, and the older you get the more like it's almost like you society wants to squish it out of yeah. you like just stand up straight don't say anything you know watch the tv and go to sleep and that's that's not a life you want to yeah, no. like every i feel like every human has a little something in them that they can express exactly you know you want to be routined mm -hmm. <clears throat> now when i first heard about you uh, i believe it was the, the kia boys documentary mm -hmm. and then i've been checking out everything else mm -hmm. um how did that documentary like come about to you like what what sparked that idea for you to shoot the um doc the kid boys documentary so i had a list of ideas there was a the the title of this google document was uh ideas that can change my life and so i, I knew that i had to break through on youtube i just i just i was in a job another job that i just ugh, like i just couldn't stand and so i had ideas like jumping out of a plane while eating the world's spiciest chip uh, interviewing wow. the Kia boys like it was it was stuff in a few different directions but it just so happened that one of the ideas on the list too was um first time going to a strip club I, and I documented that video and that was a fun experience and another shout out to my my wife for letting me do that <laughs> yeah. video you know um she looked at when I showed her the footage of me in the club she's like she just laughed at me she's like you had no idea what you were doing in there I was like <laughs> yeah you know but um but one of the guys I interviewed in that uh strip club video dm me and said hey man I love talking to you. Let's do another video together. And I shot him four ideas I was working on. He FaceTimes me back and he's got a Kia boy on his block. And then I went on FaceTime with the Kia boy and I'm like, hey man, if we show up next Tuesday at three, you want to make this happen? You want to tell your story? He said, sure. We did it. And bam, that was a, a very pivotal moment in my trajectory. All right. And that's dope because I, um, a lot of people i mean i, I thought about interviewing somebody but it was kind of hard because i didn't know somebody who knew one of them exactly. but the fact that you met someone that know one of them it made it a little bit easier and um 
like what was that mindset going into that like you know you know you're finna be around these kids to steal cars and being in that environment was it kind of nervous to you or it was like what was your like thoughts going into that there's a fair amount of videos i do that i show up and like I, I, the car ride there is like oh man like anything could happen like yeah. is this a good idea should i go back home but all the video, almost all of the videos I do, particularly the risky ones, are only because I have a connection and I'm invited to go to the place that I'm going. And that really helps rather than just showing up and trying to film some of these things. But um, yeah, like you, you see some of the footage of these kids and it is unbelievable. We just saw yesterday the Amazon truck that got stolen and yeah. was driving across yeah. the wrong way. And like, I don't know, I see people like comment on that stuff with laugh emojis and like, oh man, like like they're almost like people will when they're filming it like oh yeah i get it get it like they're like celebrating yeah, it yeah and it's like we don't realize that that could be the downfall of milwaukee that type, like anyone that is that has money and is going to raise kids is really thinking about moving i just had a i just had a few yeah. uh, friends over last night and we were all saying like dude this summer could be really fucking crazy like it's already been crazy but it feels like it's gonna go where it might get out of control and i love 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 milwaukee right but part of me is like i'm i'm gonna start trying to have kids in a couple months do i really want to live in a spot where shit can go down so easily and so walking in there like my thought was you know what every human I feel like has positive intentions in some way. Like you can find the good in every human. Right. And I was I was determined to find it in these kids. But at the same time, like the more questions you ask, like these kids just they just don't give a shit. They, they really do yeah, not really give don't. a shit. And I don't know how you I don't know how you go about changing that because these kids are are running our city into the ground in a lot of ways. And I'm not saying throw them in jail for 15, 20 years. I think that's a bad idea. I think that hasn't worked. I think the prison industrial complex is, we need to look in the mirror as a country and figure out a new strategy for that as well. But there needs to be a consequence. And anyone that doesn't think so is like, when your car gets stolen, you tell me what should happen to that person. Because I actually had an ex-girlfriend where her car got stolen and we tracked it down. We were trying to search for it. We kind of we knew where they were because they were trying to um, buy blunt wraps and shit from the yeah. store and so using her debit card. So we knew exactly kind of the area that we were. So we were going up and down every street looking for her car. We didn't find it. We went home. Then we got a call from the police and we found her car and it was just completely wrecked. And it went from her little baby that took her from work every day to just they treated it like absolute shit wrecked it just for fun not even they didn't get any money out of it yep. and then just ditched it without right. a second thought about who they're impacting and how they can ruin someone's life and then like that my girlfriend at the time like seeing her just cry and be so hurt by what she witnessed and w what happened to her it yeah. just is like i don't know why it's not a popular like why you're not supposed to say like hold people accountable but that yeah. is fucking bullshit and anyone thinks that if your car gets stolen that someone shouldn't get in trouble for that is out of their mind yeah that's crazy because my fiance she had got her car like stolen and broken into like three different times like they actually caught one of the guys in the act of it and he pretty much got like a slap on the wrist it's like and i ain't i ain't trying to tell, send nobody to jail but i be wanting to know why the kids do it. that's why i wanted to interview them too like what's really going on mm -hmm. and so one of them actually told me i was talking to him like through Facebook or whatever, and he was just telling me like, man, it's a lot of different reasons. Mm. Some of them said they they get a rush out of it. Yeah, uh, it's bored, ain't nothing to do here. 
Um, some of them said they got families to feed. I guess they steal cars and bust their little moves and stuff and make money, or and, and just like just, I think that's main those three. Really. I think a lot of them do it to distract themselves from the shitty situation that yeah. they're in. Like I had a, a Kia boy from Texas message me. He's like, man, really when it started is, you know, my grandma was in hospice. There was nurses in and out of the house. So I just hopped off the porch and I started just doing something to get my mind off of it. And part of me can really sympathize with that. Like I think, right. like, and you know, especially if you're a kid growing up in a place where you're seeing a lot of just sad situations, you're seeing people be shot, you're seeing domestic abuse, you're seeing just all these really things that a kid realistically in a in a perfect world they shouldn't be seen like i can see why you want to distract yourself because that is a thrill it's almost like skydiving yeah. but it's a criminal activity like right. i get why kids do it like i would imagine the rush of doing that would be unbelievable like if i were just like to not get in trouble for robbing a bank i could just experience what it's like to go in there hey everyone get down and i'm carrying right. the cash like i'm sure that would be the most incredible rush but we have to figure out a way to redirect that into a positive outlook. Right, that's a fact. And uh, I used to be one of them people that be looking down. I'm not saying I don't look down on that now. I still do. But it's like, you know, you be quick to be judgmental. But then you start realizing when some of them start telling you me their stories or telling you their stories, you start finding out. It's like, damn, I, I, I can't say nothing about it because, like, you know, this is – I can't tell somebody how to put their energy – you can't really give nobody an uh, outlet. I mean, you know, tell them what to do if you don't got nothing to change for them to do or something for them to do. Um, but it's a, like, it's just it's sad hearing them stories like, man, we we ain't got nothing. Or mm-hmm. like you just said, they trying to get his mind off his grandma being in hospice. It's like it's like a cry out for help. Yeah, really. it, that's like, exactly what it is. And I think even if you even if the crime itself makes you really mad. I think we sh- we still need to be able to look at that kid as a person yeah. and think like, man, like, okay, like once you hear a story, oh man, like this happened when I was nine years old, this happened when I was 12, and then it's like, oh, well, no shit. Like I was just reading the uh, the bi- biography of Iceberg Slim, the famous pimp, yeah. and like the opening paragraph is he's a three-year-old boy and his mom's friend is basically molesting him, like using the three-year-old boy's head in between her legs to get herself off. And I just, after that first paragraph, I'm like, well, no shit, this yeah. guy's a pimp. Like, yep. So you do have to realize that these are still kids, but also we have to find out a way to hold them accountable and redirect. And that's like the million-dollar question if yeah, you're what, mayor what, of the city is, yeah. how do you go about doing that? All right, because you don't want to get no kid like a lot of time. Like, they... You know, your mind, they they still kids, bro. Like, their mind really ain't even developed all the way yet, you know what I'm saying, to make these decisions. But it it is, you know, they do got to understand it is um, consequence to your actions. But I don't know. Like like I said, I, I guess they can start bringing, start by bringing more stuff here or more events and stuff like they used to have. But who knows, man? I mean, I think, I think it also, there's a few different factors. I think there's financial opportunities. Yep. I think there's stability in neighborhoods. I think there's like mindset, like because indi- our our mind is our individual culture, and then and then like it spreads to your family, and then to your neighborhood, and then to the city, to the state, to the nation, and so there's different layers of culture in there. But I think you have to have an individual culture that hey, I want to change. I, I want to bring the world something better. I want to leave the world a little bit better than when I came into it. And I think that's hard for a fifteen year old boy who's yeah, really having certain. a tough life to to think about but i think uh like what i would do if i was mayor i would do a few things one i would i would recruit manufacturing companies back into the north side we used to be booming there's a big middle class here people were doing really well 
And then that all went overseas so we could save a few bucks an hour. We send it to Mexico. We send it to China, wherever mm-hmm. it goes. Bring back American manufacturing and give people really good jobs so that they can buy their own homes. And then that builds stability in the neighborhood because if you have your own home, you're not going to be moving every couple of years and there's not a shuffling of the deck that's happening. The other thing I would do is recruit like top-notch, almost like you're recruiting for a baseball team or an NBA team, I would recruit top-notch police officers. You hold them to a really high standard, but these are also elite guys that when the craziest of the crazy shit is happening, hey, they're going to gonna, they're gonna take care of it. But on the flip side, I would rejuvenate the justice system a little bit too where I, time is not, I don't think, like, hey, send you away for 15 years. Okay, I don't know if that's really going to fix anything. Uh-huh. I think... <clears throat> I think you have to do a carrot or the stick approach. You look, you, this guy, you know, it's his f- fifth time robbing a car. And I was just talking to a homicide detective yesterday that's a jujitsu guy um, that, that was at practice. And he's like, I'm telling you, they, this kid can walk in after the fifth time stealing a car and he's out before the paperwork is even processed. Like, they do not give a shit because there's no punishment. So I think you say, hey, look, there's one path. Like, you know, you get, let's say the path is two years or the other path is, Okay, we're going to put you on trash cleanup, and then we're going to have we're going to also take you to different classes. It's going to be financial literacy classes. It's going to be anger management classes. It's going to be diet nutrition classes, like stuff that helps you become a well balanced human being, and then push them in the direction of taking the ownership of their life approach. No. Th- yeah. That might be naive, it might be a pipe dream, but to me, that would be something that would be worth experimenting with. Yeah, I agree. Okay, now I got I got two more questions for you about the kid boy stuff. Mm. Um, it it was an um, it was an artist. I think the, somebody you you said you met before to spark up the idea of doing a documentary. Um, I was at a random video shoot and we were talking about it, and um, it, I guess they were supposed to get their music played in the documentary. Oh but, my gosh! But they didn't get their music played in the documentary. I, yeah, so the, I know who you're talking about. One, he popped up. He asked me to put a song in. I don't have a gun to my head. I don't need to put anybody's music. But I said, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'm going to, hey, you're a Milwaukee artist. I'll do it. I told him, hey, this is the deadline. Send me the, email me the song. He didn't send it to me. And it's like, and then he's still harping about it. And it's like, dude, I apologize. Like, you would, you would just have to just send me the link. That's all you had to do was send me the link on time. And he didn't do it. So, uh, so was he? Uh, was he, like, he just popped up at the scene when y'all, when y'all was shooting? He, he was buddies with, the lead guy in the tracksuit uh-huh. and he invited him to hey you know talk your shit a little bit pull up cool and you know i had multiple phone conversations yeah just send me the song and they were really pressuring me to put a song that i'm like it's my video like i don't have to put anybody's song in the video but because right. this guy got me the con- because your buddy got me the connection sure like you know what he helped me out i'll help you out and, right. and i told him my email told me to send it by this time because the video is going up by that time he didn't do it and then he got mad about it after the fact which right. i don't know what you want me to do about right. that now, let me ask you something if you did put his song in a video right mm-hmm. that video did a lot of uh it did like four million views and it's still going up to this day mm-hmm. uh would that have i, I don't know if, i'm not saying you were worried about the money or cared about the money but like would that have fec- affected the um revenue on the video if if his music was in it yeah Mm-mm. oh what about, i, I they try to copyright put- it it depends on the artist. Like, there's an artist out of San Antonio, Texas, that uh, Izzy93, and I've been putting his music in almost all my videos. Anyone that has uncopyrighted music that bumps, I try and put in my my video, and I'm I'm happy to try. Like, that's what I try and do with a lot of these. Like, when I do like the the gangster rap videos, 
like uh, certified trapper, the San Antonio, Texas, Little Cricks in, in Fort Lauderdale. My goal is to promote their music. My goal is to make, like, I want these guys to take off too. So, like, um, I wish it could have happened. Yeah. But I feel like you got to take the responsibility that yeah. all you have to do is send it to me, and you didn't. So, like, I don't know how that's my fault. Yeah. Um, just a misunderstanding um, you right. know, on that behalf. And the other thing is, you like i feel like because now i have a platform people like they it is an opportunity like if someone if a music gets it gets played on it like it is nice that it gets to be heard but you really don't need me like in this day and age of tiktok and reels and and how you can promote like if your stuff is good it's gonna go you just have to right. be persistent and i heard a song it is a good song and so like i just encourage that guy to keep on moving because yeah. there is a future for that music and and he can make it happen so I, I wish the guy the best and i wish he sent the the song to me on time but you know what can you do at yeah. that point well, well so shout out to bro because he yeah he, i like his music too mm-hmm. when i was at the video shoot uh one more question um it was a lot of stuff going around, like you know, at the time, like because I guess one of the pe- person, one of the people in the video, ended up getting arrested. Yeah, that's and what they lo- said, yeah. Yeah, and a lot of people were trying to say, like you know, you was police or right. it was culture vulture. Like, mm-hmm. what, like, what do you think about those like thoughts when people say like you're a culture vulture or you police? Okay, stuff? first let me address the 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 police thing. Uh-huh. Uh, one is. Um, well, if these, if you guys see any of my videos, I've done a lot of illegal shit to try and make these documentaries. Yeah. Like in New York, I drove through 30 red lights. I duct taped my license <laughs> plate. Like I could have outstanding warrants for my arrest in New York. Um, I just was in a tunnel doing graffiti in New York too. So that's, I mean, I do sometimes do illegal shit to, uh, to make this thing happen. Now, the other thing is, I send copies of the video, like the Chicago Trap House guy, the prostitution in Chicago, yeah. the even like the certified trapper one or any documentary I do that's hot, I send it to the person that's like the main character and I have them approve it. Hey, are you good to go on this? Hey, you oh, you want me to blur this? Okay, I got you. I send another copy back. Yeah. So I make sure people are good before... Um, I make sure people are good before I, I post it. Uh, as far as the culture vulture thing, I've always thought that was... Or like one of the, the other criticisms like I was exploiting the Kia boy. Yeah. I feel like that's honestly a ridiculous and kind of hilarious criticism because the kid that's stolen hundreds of cars, he's not exploiting anybody. Right. But the guy that got on film, yeah, he's the bad guy. And it's just right. like, okay. And the other thing is, uh, I'm invited. Like, people reach out to me. Hey, yo, come to Philly. Come to Fort Lauderdale. Come to this place. Come to that place. And I do. And I and then I try, I try and do my best to present people in a good light right. to ask them interesting questions and if they're they got music i promote their music mm-hmm. and like all the rappers i've worked with want to do another video like they've had a good experience with me and i i'm i stay in touch with a lot of my contacts like even the chicago trap house guy we still facetime every couple of weeks we catch up we, we might do another video in chicago and so i feel like i've really done good business by people and also right. anyone that makes the culture vulture uh accusation has not checked out my channel because i have a i think i have one of the most diverse portfolios of documentaries on youtube and i'll go to jewish people i'll go to witches i'll go to people that live underground las vegas and so i don't know dude i feel like we live in a society where a lot of people want to point their finger without doing research and they get to but i know who i am when i look in the mirror and i also know how my contacts in the video feel about me and you know I, I get invited back to these places, and there's a reason for that. It's because I treat people right, and I, I make sure that I do the right thing. Right. I, I be, I've been watching your videos and stuff like that, and your documentaries, 
And I, 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 you, you, you're right. You do do different people and stuff like that. It's not like you're just targeting a certain crowd or uh, you know race or nothing like mm-hmm. that. And then you like you know the way you carry yourself and um, how you are. It, it, it says a lot. So it's not it's not giving me like no. Oh, you're just being a prankster, or you're doing this to off ill intentions. Like you really kind of got an idea. Like you really want to really break this down for the people. Are you really interested to know these things? Why do you think people say like the like? Why do you think it would be that I'm? They say I'm exploiting the kid that is stealing the cars by filming them. I just think it's because how 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 good it did. <laughs> like you know, it, it did a lot of um, views. Like you're a white guy, you did a lot of views. Do you think if I was a black guy filming that, that I wouldn't get any criticism about that? I don't think so. so I mean, at least me, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. But me personally, I don't, I don't think so. Because I don't think I wonder, so either. Like, what if I did it? Like somebody, I thought you were supposed to do that before. I'm like, I mean, I wasn't really pushing hard enough to try to even do it. Like it just, like I wasn't. That wasn't my thing. I wanted to interview him, but it wasn't that deep. You know, like I wasn't going to go out my way, and I'm not saying you did or nothing, but that's what I just think it is. Is just like you know, because I had to, like T Glaze, um, I had him up here too, mm-hmm. and I, I brought that up too. Like when people say he's a culture vulture, and I really think it's just like I don't, I don't know, like because I, I look at y'all vibe, like I don't get like, mm, oh, he, I don't know, I feel some kind of way about him. I don't get that vibe. For instance, like about T Glaze, I don't know a lot about his background, but. I, just because he's a white guy that people are yeah. saying that he's literally helping push the culture he's his platform has is, is grown really big and he makes really cool music videos for people so like if anything it would be like oh this guy's on the team like put him in like he's a, he's obviously pushing the direction we want so I just I don't know I mean perhaps there's real people out there that are pretending to be someone that they're not but if someone is genuine and someone is helping amplify a story that wasn't being told previously right i view them as a teammate not a right. enemy right. you know <clears throat> yeah so but um let me ask you this like i'm glad you cleared that stuff up too um and i thank you for coming on here clearing that of up. course of course um now what's let me ask you this what's the craziest place that you visited hmm. or what's the craziest story that you can give me hmm I would say the first one that comes to mind is when we got raided by Mexican police on the other side of the border. And so I was meeting, there's a, a Mexican rapper named Hostage, and he had, had his hands in some things. Like he'd been an American citizen, and we got deported twice. So he's, he's done time in, he grew up in the Houston Hood area, and you know he did time in prison. He shanked people in prison. Like he was the real deal. And then yeah. he got deported. And so he was living in Mexico, and he's a tattoo artist now, and he's, he does a little street shit, but you can just tell he really wants to make his money doing his art. Um, but it's tough to be a business owner there in Mexico. So we were interviewing him. Ten minutes into the interview, bam, they say, and a piece of la verga means get, in the, get, on, get your dick on the fucking ground. It's kind of the rough translation, but yeah. get on the fucking ground. And it was so, so scary because I didn't know, are these guys cartel is this a prank on me is this police are they good police bad police and to their credit i think they treated us as well as it could have gone like mexican police are notorious for being the absolute dog shit out of you robbing you taking your shit and that was another thing that was like just coming off of the the george floyd period like asking guys in mexico what do you think about police brutality we've that's been a big subject of conversation in our country what do you think about it and they start laughing in my face like yeah you guys have some occasional stories here and there but your police is pussy shit compared to our police situation and it was just uh 
eye-opening experience to think like that the police a lot of times are in bed with a cartel or the cartel tells them what to do and uh and that they can just take your shit at any moment that was probably one of the scariest experiences how did you get out of that so they took the owner of the house upstairs they punched him a few times they searched the whole house they ransacked it and they saw that there were no drugs there so there really wasn't anything to go off of and then i tried just i i speak decent spanish so i was just explaining to them hey you know i just i'm an interviewer i usually interview i interview musicians he's a rapper and i usually do americans but this is my first one in mexico and you know sorry if we cause any trouble but and then they uh they had us delete a couple of clips of them coming in and uh but then when they left we were good to go and then we got the security footage from the next door neighbor a lot of people in the neighborhood came by and asked what happened are we okay because sometimes when the police come like someone disappears or hostage was even telling a story where they've like yep you're gonna take us to the atm and you're gonna take out this much money and just hand it to us and then you can go like that type of shit it's Damn, not uncommon. Like movie stuff, man. Yeah. That's deep, man. Um, by the grace of God, you got out of that, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, happy to um, hear you got out of that. Now, um, there's a few more questions. Um, no Jumper. What was it like being on No Jumper? And he, they, and he reached out to you? I reached out to him. I uh-huh. said, I'm going out. He, had, he, he was following me on Instagram, so I thought, you know what? If I reach out to him, it's probably not a, a long shot to, to do this. Right. And so I reached out to him. Hey, I'm going to be in L.A. These dates... He hooked me up with his manager with like a two-hour span. We booked that spot. Mm-hmm. And I was a little bit worried going on to that show because I'm not a drama guy. I'm not trying to stir anything up. And yeah. I know that's how they, they make their dough. So I was a little bit wary of like, okay, am I going to be put into a box? Am I going to be like, is some weird shit going to happen to try and like stir something up? But actually, I've had a very good and genuine time with him. I would say... I experienced a little bit of the no jumper drama on the backside when one of the hosts on the show tried talking shit and I don't want I guess it just was I, I, I mean I don't want to bring this up but I just I just seen some today um, it was it one of the hosts somebody you interviewed in the neighborhood yeah so this guy this is the funny thing is I had met this guy a year ago at his grandma's house talked to him hung out on his porch when I saw him this time again hug dap up and as soon as you know i don't i don't know if he was prodded like pushed into doing that like hey like say something about time with you it'll be a little bit of a drama story but it's just so funny how like i was in your hood surrounded by your boys and you were completely nice to me and now all of a sudden when i leave you have something to say and i have nothing really against him but the other thing that was funny is like the next one of the documentaries we coming out have coming out in uh about la next is um let's just say that there's shit that we had on camera that that he said hey you know edit this out that we're gonna edit out because we're good people but there's Mm. shit i could expose about him but i'm not that type of guy i'm not ever gonna air out dirty laundry i'm not ever gonna purposely try and start drama on the internet but for him to try and play the cheap game and then realize like not have the awareness to realize like i actually have the fucking deck of cards on you boy like what and it was just it was a weird experience i don't know if it's the la energy where people are just kind of like using each other for drama but i'm not going to envelop myself in that world but uh long story short i know i was rambling no, no, a little good. bit you're but good. it did Talk feel like a, a checkbox. like it felt like another like element of okay i think we're making it like if, if we're on a platform like that like someone's taking notice and it feels like we're moving in the right direction yeah that's crazy, man. Um, so when when you was up on No Jumper, was the vibe kind of like? Was you like nervous and the vibe seemed like kind of off? How was Adam? 
Adam was really friendly. I, the reason also is I spent the morning. I was at his house. I met his kid. I, I met his, y'all working out. And yeah. Stuff? Well, yeah. So and then I did a podcast with him at, in, in his house, and then so I had a good amount of time to feel him out. See, and that helped a lot. I think if I didn't have that, I would have been a lot more nervous. But because I, I already got the feel for him, I felt really good going in the interview, and I felt like the questions he asked were really good. My like my mom watched that. She's like, "Wow, that guy did a really good job." So I was. Like it went as well as it could have, excuse me, could have gone, and I didn't feel like there was any like trap sprung on me or mm-hmm. anything weird, you know. Right. Shout out Adam. Um, Shout out Adam, Adam twenty two. Thank no you jumper. for the hospitality, man. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I'll be watching their podcast. I like it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, um, that is to wrap this up. Like, what is your goal and what's next? My goal is to. So I, there's always a staircase that never stops going up. Yeah. You, any pursuit, whether it's wrestling or jujitsu or chess or making documentaries. And my goal is really to improve my storytelling skills. I want to be able to not get... Like right now, I get, I'm really good at getting the craziest shit on camera. I want to be able to cover a story that's maybe not so visually crazy, but still be good enough at telling the story that it can still pop and go really wild. Um, right. So I want to um, develop that. And then really, this year is about becoming undeniable in the game by the by the body of work that's put out the diversity of the work that's put out the different cultures and people that i've been to like i want my channel just to be a treasure chest of good stories Mm -hmm. and good messages and i think like a really important thing is giving people that don't normally have a voice let's say like a pimp or a prostitute and actually speaking to them actually getting their story and actually realizing like hmm like I actually really like this person or I have a lot more in common with them than I thought or yep. this person's not really a bad person like maybe I would have judged them before. I think that's really important too is just realizing we're all kind of scurrying around on this globe trying to figure out our way and we all have our own story and way of dealing with life and life is difficult. Even if you're Jeff Bezos, life is difficult. Yeah. You know, There's Most no way definitely. to make it out of this life without having struggle. It's just what kind of struggle are you going to have? Right. But um, I think just let people tell their story, put out top-notch undeniable documentaries and be well-traveled well-versed and make moves yeah that's dope bro you're definitely doing that bro like you've been to hundreds right hundreds of different places and stuff like that and just different cities just covering different stories from different people and that's the type of stuff i like i like to hear other people's stories who really don't have a voice because you want to know what made them took that walk of life or what's mm-hmm. that walk of life like. Mm-hmm. And like you said, what do we have in common? And a lot of times we look at people as the bad guy and really like they not really the bad guy. It's just a situation. It's just like how movies is, like superhero movies and stuff like that. And you see the villain. But when you really hear about their background, it's like you feel a little bit more like, like you know, open to it. Like, oh, damn, like this guy really not a bad guy. He, this could have been me. And you know more than ever, we need that in this world because especially when you look at the corporate media, the government, they're really trying to put us in boxes. Man yeah. versus woman, black versus white, straight yeah. versus gay, poor versus rich. Like any sort of, like there's an endless amount of criteria that they're trying to divide us on. But really, they're the ones, like we need to band together and they're the ones that should be shaking in their boots because they've been doing a lot of bullshit for too many years. Yeah, And I feel like there's a platform that could be run on where like 70% of people could agree on like hey legalize weed like how has that not happened yet right. um like so many was taking that so long in there a lot of different states yeah invest into our infrastructure don't let st- uh senators trade insider trade and have individual stocks like all these little basic rules that should be easily agreeable on but i think 
more than now than ever, we need to be able to sit down with people, especially people we might not agree with or think we're going to agree yeah. with, and just talk. Because guess what? At the end of the day, you get to have whatever opinion you want. And that's yeah. the beautiful thing about this country that's is you really can thing. think whatever you want. And that's okay. And maybe we're going to find our, our common ground and there's going to be things that, hey, uh, we might just agree to disagree. And that's okay. But we want to paint everyone as, oh, if they're, they're a Trump or they're the enemy. If they're a Biden person, they're the enemy. It's like, no, they're not. That's yeah. just not how it works. Yeah, and um, that's that's the uh, the gift and the curse of the internet too. Like you can have an opinion, you can create a podcast, you can uh, just chime in on certain stuff, and you can get your voice heard and stuff like that. It's a different time, and I think I, that's the beauty in it, uh, the gift and the curse. But you're definitely doing um your thing, bro. Like I, I definitely I appreciate see you, that, man, for sure. I definitely see you out here on YouTube. You know, um, visiting these different places, um. Talking to these people from different walks of life, different occupations, uh, picking their brains or just asking questions that we usually want to know that we really don't get the chance to ask people. And that, that's a beautiful thing, too, to giving people a voice. And like it's always not it's not always exploiting how people think it's exploiting. It's really just giving somebody a voice. You're not putting a gun in nobody's head saying, hey, I'm, I need you to do this or do this or else. They, they willingly getting up there and want to tell their story. So it's, it's a piece in them that wants them to, want to be heard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If someone's sending me the DM and I fl- pay the money to fly me and my two other teammates to their city, I go to the Airbnb, I buy yeah. the hotel, I buy the, the, the car rental and people say I'm exploiting them. It's just like. A lot of people boo from the bleachers. What I've noticed in this game is that there's people, like people that are actually in the field making moves, almost always just have words of encouragement or advice. But people that are, aren't very happy with their own life are the ones booing from the bleachers. Yeah. And I'm sorry that you feel that way, but I know what it is at the end of the day. And I know the people, I, like the reason the videos go so well is because the, the connection is genuine and we're enjoying each yeah. other and we're having a good time. And, and if I was just a piece of shit, like I would have been popped by now. Like exactly. I'm going to some place. Like even this place I'm going to Phoenix. Like the craziest Mexican gangsters with face tattoos and like the craziest guns. And I guarantee you that if they felt like I was exploiting them and disrespecting them and treating them like shit, he wouldn't come would, back. I would be yeah. in a goddamn trunk right now. Yeah. But the thing is, I'm gonna be open minded. I'm gonna ask questions. I'm just gonna do what I normally do, and I'm gonna be all right. And so. People can boo from the bleachers. It's all good. Yeah, I'll still be in the is. field playing the game, baby. Yeah, that's what it is, man. Uh, big dogs gotta eat, man. Big dogs you know? gotta eat. Y'all know Tommy G, man. You like I said, keep doing what you're doing, bro. Keep putting the content out. Keep doing what God put on your heart to do. You know what I'm saying? Tell these people stories and interview people and give them a voice. We definitely see you. Like um, I like to give people their flowers on this show, so I'm giving you yours. That's why I actually come you, up man. here for sure. Um, <clears throat> now uh, let the fans know where they can find you at. Find me on YouTube at Tommy G. Type in the Kia Boy documentary. Type in the most dangerous city in America. I'm gonna every week. I'm gonna drop a video that's gonna be a new place, something crazy going on. One day I might be in the Bronx with some drill rappers. Yeah. The next day I might be partying with Jewish folks. The, the next day I might be visiting a tent city of of homeless people. So I'm gonna keep you entertained. I'm gonna try and make you laugh. I'm gonna try and show you a slice of life you've never seen before. And um, Milwaukee, this is our time. We yeah. gotta put in the work. But we can be one of the best cities in this country. We just got to take ownership and make moves, and I'm confident we can do that. And that's so. a fact. I'm confident as well. Like you said, it's our time. We just got to put the work in and, like, you know, get to it. Um, I want to thank you for coming up here, bro. Thank you, man. Because um, for sure, you could have been, you know what I'm saying? You could have been anywhere else, but you stopped here at the Rick Taylor Podcast and chopped it up with me and cleared the air before, you know, you had your, started your day and stuff like that. And that mean a lot to me. 
Last thing I'll end on is, well, first yeah. of all, uh, I do want to say thank you for having me uh-huh. and anyone that's mm-hmm. making moves in Milwaukee. I, I want to share the love and I want to see what you're about and, and talk to you. Um, but if you see any hit pieces coming from the fucking Milwaukee Journal Sentinel or places like that yeah. coming up, uh, ask yourself the question like... Uh, Watch the videos. Watch the videos. I think anyone that really has a big criticism of me just hasn't taken the time to watch two or three of my videos. Right. So. Y'all, y'all can't just, you know, you got to watch the videos and see the whole thing. Don't just judge the book by its cover mm-hmm. and just a clip and stuff like that. Watch the whole thing through. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, man, you keep doing your thing, man. I, I see you doing a lot of things. You met, um, Congratulations on your success up to this point. Thank you. You're welcome, man. You got a lot more, like, you know, success coming towards you. Um, you got a lot of more people to touch. And more content cre- to create, and God got a lot more blessings for you. And um, keep making us proud, Milwaukee. Keep rapping for Milwaukee, man. Doing what you do, just be careful and be safe, and uh, keep doing your thing, man. And um, like like he said, man, y'all just like don't judge a book by its cover. Just watch the full videos. Also, you know what I'm saying. Make sure y'all tap in and watch the documentaries and everything, and the content. Y'all follow him. Y'all continue to watch my videos and support and subscribe. It don't go unnoticed. Mm-hmm. I appreciate y'all and. You know, um, I just want to say thank y'all. You know what I'm saying? Um, um, like I said, Rick Taylor, Tommy G, Big Dog has got to eat. You know what I'm saying? Um, gang, gang. Yes, right. Uh, much love. We gone. And we'll see you guys next episode. Peace. Yes, sir.